right and the left. That's correct. You are. Because you're living on a line. It's a linear expansion in this direction and the other one. It has infinite length but infinitesimal gain. Timeline Earth. Only one dimension for you to meet your friends in meters on the line. We can't risk talking no. before the recording. That's why I was trying That's to keep my true. mouth shut. That's yeah, true. You're right. Can't. You're so right, Carl. I literally, before I hit this record button, Aaron, before you hopped on, I went, you know, we didn't really get to talk much last time. How was your holidays? And Carr faintly goes, uh, it, it was, you know, it was fine. Like he's <laughs> holding holding back details yeah, so that they that. have to be recorded. Yeah. yeah, we can't. It's true. We are really cultivating yeah. a strong relationship in this medium. You are putting the show ahead of yourself. That's right. And, uh, he is a true showman. You. Mm -hmm. I am the greatest showman, perhaps. So I've got a nice buttery red wine, a Malbec from Argentina, on my right side. And on my left, I have a Yingling traditional lager. Are you alternating? I, I am. That's you can impressive. probably hear me struggling to put the beer down right now. Um, I bought a liquor cabinet, so I'm becoming mm. an alcoholic. Yeah. So I bought a liquor cabinet, and... The problem is that the alcohol exits the cabinet at the at what I've found is mathematically precisely the same pace as it enters the liquor cabinet. Yeah. So it's we're de I deal with a perpetual liquor emptiness problem. I'm familiar with that mathematical phenomenon. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, it doesn't feel as though you ever achieve full cabinetry. No, it's impossible. No, you, can, you will never have enough storage ever. That's just a feature. Oh, I switched up my. I, I alternated the wrong way. I had two sips of beer, same time. No mm. good. Not good. I hope that doesn't throw I, you know, I could really mix these into one beverage, and I think they would complement one another very nicely. Very I well will good. fucking leave this recording. <laughs> okay, fine. Um, Folks, we have a lot on our agenda today. We do. We have a lot on our agenda. Hello, Braxton McCoy listeners. So, <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I don't understand. Braxton McCoy and I have formed a strong relationship with one another, and I don't know how, but it <laughs> happened. I feel like I'm being in inducted into some kind of cool guy squad, yeah. and I don't even know what's happening. Hello, Braxton McCoy listeners. Get ready for the deepest well of disappointment you've ever experienced. <laughs> is this <laughs> most certainly? Is this horseshoe theory like between good podcasting and bad podcasting? I mean, is that what it's where going? He, it's, yeah, where he's got the high quality, and, yeah. and then. He sort of appreciates us as being a sort of a mockery of his own professionalism. Right. We wave at him across the tip of the horseshoe. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm a combat veteran of the meme war myself. Takes that's, a sip of the wine. That's true. It's <laughs> buttery. buttery. So I, uh, I had no idea how many listeners he had. Okay, so he messages me and he goes, you want to come on my show? I was like, hell yeah, dude. So I started listening to his show. Sure, I'll okay, help you out. Gonna... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Right. I'll do this. So I, I'll do this guy a favor. I look at some of his guests, and he's got a couple of interesting people on there. Joe Kent was pretty interesting because Joe Kent is only two Kevin Bacon's away from Steve. Ba Actually, is a direct connection to Steve Bannon. So I, I thought that was quite interesting. Um, and so yeah, I, I hop onto his show, and I'm treating this like it's the Rollo and Slappy show. Hundred <laughs> listeners a week, seventy-five <laughs> listeners a week. Just struggling, just <laughs> struggling, Flintstoning in place. <laughs> 
and 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 then afterwards I, I make the announcement that I was on this show. You would have thought you would have thought I shot Tom Woods with the number of people who come out and, and went, really? Like there was it's there's dozens of people who are like, Oh, I enjoyed you on the show. I had no idea. So I basically, I'm, you know, I find out his entire listener base is basically the entire Great Plains region. So, <laughs> you know, 118 million people. I, uh, I figure we could add some of them to the, uh, to the board yeah. at some point. I Briefly, figure, right? until they turn so, around and head for the exits. Yeah. Yeah. So welcome in. Um, Dip your toes. If you listen to our gluey episodes, that was probably the worst possible episode for you to come into this podcast on because it was 100% inside references. We're going to continue that right now. Gentlemen, 2022 was the year of the moose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you'll recall, if you go back one year and our listeners and our, our episodes posted, year of the moose, that was what we called 2022. 2023, year of the dog. Okay. It's the year of the dog. Why do you say so that? we'll look out for dog-like thing because dogs are scrappy. Okay. Right? Oh, it's not yeah, like yeah. a zodiac calendar thing. It'll take some scrap no. to get through this well, one. You'll have to. Get- how about this, Brodiac. Oh, oh, oh. That's got some. How do you like implications. that? That's huh. got a lot of implications, bird. That's the got, Brodiac calendar. That's gonna. We're gonna have to do some heavy lifting, but I think we can bring this thing across the finish line. The Brodiac I'll, calendar. Yeah, the Brodiac calendar. So I hope in, we don't inspire China, a Brodiac killer. In the, ch- <laughs> it's this show causing people to commit suicide. <laughs> it was in the listens all along. Yeah, so 2023, year of the dog. Why? Unlike the moose, which stands proud and tall and confidently, we've seen a lot of struggles on this podcast, and it's only going to get worse. We're like the dog fending through the trash. Yeah, that's where we're at. The yeah. burning trash. There's another not like a noble reference. regal dog, like a house dog. No, like no. a like an Argentinian Mangy. street dog right outside of yeah. the winery that you're <laughs> right. that you're enjoying that I'm drinking <laughs> alcohol from. Yeah, I'm the dog. Yeah. <laughs> another good news: Steen season three just dropped on Netflix. It's taking I heard Twitter that. by storm. I saw that. Yeah, really good. I love the show. Uh, finally, we have a new sitcom that isn't afraid to get weird. Love it. Love it. Really great stuff. Is there going to be a season four? Uh, they got renewed. They did. That's good news. They got renewed, so we'll see a season four very soon. Very good. Once I figure out my new work schedule, we'll f- <laughs> I'll, I'll start. I'll start working on that. Um, what else do we have? That's all our topics of conversation today. Car, did you? Are we done with TLE Nation, or are we going to uh, foray back into that? <laughs> we did a lot of work to carry it through about a half an episode. <laughs> I'm ready to go. If you're, if oh, you want to do another one, of course. So I was thinking. Bird watching my segment, mm-hmm. I'm thinking it should just be the marquee story of the evening. That should be the sec because I usually read the final story anyway. Well, I'm I happy figure- to switch that up, but we will not be switching it up before we first get into bird watching right now in its original format because I went. Oh, no. You want to go right now? Yeah. Oh, you what, you did a real. OK. And hold oh, on. Damn. You took me really off guard here. I wasn't <laughs> yeah. I didn't have any of the audio toes. files. Oh, boy. I didn't have any of the audio files. Yeah, so you uh, went bird watching? You, well, of course I did. And there's no way in hell that we're going to move on without doing this segment after I had to go through about four million tweets of yours and uh, took me to a very weird mental place. Do you want to do that right now? Is what you're saying? Yes. Okay. It's time for news. America's news. 
Wow. That's spectacular. <laughs> really good. Stuff. I love I love this. Okay. Bird watching. Car, so take it away. I uh, I went scrolling back through uh, your timeline, Uh-oh. found uh-huh. something. I found actually I found a number of things that were very interesting, including the third season of Steen, which was a which was actually enjoyable to review. Great show. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I th- ultimately settled on this because I wanted to get a feel for what your mental state was when you tweeted this, <laughs> but then I also wanted to back out. And get a feel okay. for what's going on with the reply to it and your reply to him. <laughs> it's a board member. Oh, no. Guy in GC. <laughs> pee pee poo poo poop poop. Every other guy. All caps. Yes. Yes, King. Exactly. <laughs> then a board member replies, Bird, listen to the Glueys yesterday. Great show, man. Thanks for hosting us. To which you replied, thank you, King. I'm really glad you enjoyed. <laughs> and I just I just sat there kind of stunned. I took a screenshot, and uh, I decided that I needed no more exposure to that particular medium and moved, moved on to creating my notes, which I doubt we'll get to because you're going to steamroll me the, the rest of the episode, which is why I'm, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm very ready to steamroll That is like so, exhibit one of like diagnosing you with sociopathy (laughs) your ability to switch gears instantaneously (laughs) and him deciding that 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 was something to reply to why not why not just not reply why not just create a new tweet and just send me a dm yeah or send me a dm (laughs) nope it had to happen right here i was showered with love yeah we were showered with love. I don't know if you guys have received that level of love. I know you guys don't have as strong of a relationship with the listeners, really, as I do. Mm. Uh, I thought you were going to pull up a different tweet. <laughs> M- well, much, I got a couple, a buddy. Much, I got a couple. A much angrier one that I sent to somebody in, in a bad moment of my day. <laughs> I don't know if I saw that one. All right, good. We'll leave it in the darkness. He knows who he is. Yeah. Um, yeah, so my mental state? Buoyant. Okay. Yeah, I see that. That's great. Good. Do you want me to? Do you want me to play my outro, or do you want to move into? Are we? Uh, are we gonna do? Are we gonna do the Wild West? Uh, we can. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down. Let me tell you about the internet. <laughs> I hope we get drone bombed, dude. <laughs> I hope we get drone bombed. The second we're doing everything in our power to turn those McCoy listeners away immediately, I and know, I'm I'm man. living for I it. Know. Yeah, I'm living yeah. for it. What'd you learn this week? What was well, your What'd you learn in the Wild light, West? Um, <clears throat> something that I've been workshopping. I was alluding to this on a previous episode. I've been working workshopping it with Lee in the DMs, mm. and as friend of the I show have said. Yeah, friend of the show, newcomer apparently, uh, according to Aaron, which is I don't want to get sidetracked right now, but I am. I was legitimately angry about that. <laughs> Me too. I was furious. For this segment, I'm. I'm. The listeners may notice that I'm allowing myself to become a bit of an Elon Qtard, and I've just decided I'm going to wow. embody it. I'm just going to go for it and just hmm. assume that he is always playing 4D chess. 
So I was huh. uh, discussing this Twitter move with Lee in a DM. And, you know, we've been watching as a lot of people may say that he's been kind of destroying Twitter, at least from a monetary standpoint. You know, like th- this was a bad fiscal move. And, you know, to be honest, I have no idea if they're right or wrong because I haven't looked at the financials and I, I, I just don't care to. It's not part of what uh-huh. the, uh, Elon Cutard is all about. No, no. I would posit. Met- metrics rarely matter. No. Um, I would posit, what if, so people are saying, why did he buy Twitter? Why, what, what is this move? If he's just going to go around and shoot himself in the foot for, you know, several months before ultimately having to maybe sell it or resign or what have you. What if Elon specifically bought Twitter, A, to control information, but B, he knew he was buying blackmail? Have we thought about this? Have we considered this idea that he That's knew? That's an expensive price. It, it, well, but what does he get? You know, I asked myself the same question, and obviously you have an answer I don't have because I came up with nothing. With no, I don't have any answers. I'm a Q-tard, but right, I, I'm, I, I'm just asking right. questions. I'm just asking I, questions. Aaron, do you, do you have any thoughts on this? Because you had the most nuanced opinion about this. No, I think he <clears> – <throat> and I think you're exactly right with his motivation for buying Twitter. I think he genuinely thinks that he can um, – improve the quality of information being disseminated to the public uh, through controlling it. Um, I don't, I think we give him way too much credit in terms of uh, his, his ulterior motives. I think he is genuinely a good liberal. And uh, I think if, if he does turn out to be this, if, if the, if the Elon Q tards are correct, um, it's not. It's not because he went into it, um, you know, wanting to be anything that the Elon Cutards want him to be. It's because he got turned into it. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. Mm, I, I, yeah. As on a human level, you got to remember Elon Musk is actually a human being, despite what people suspect. Well, what I I'm agree finding, with you, Aaron. What I'm what I'm hearing is that y'all are landing on a different side of me, and I'm being the cynical one here. Is that correct? No, only I, in your second point. Okay. It, it fundamentally doesn't matter how how he arrives at fulfilling the Elon Cutard prophecy, whether he went into it, whether he went into this endeavor with with that in mind, or whether he becomes becomes the evil Elon that we want him to. No, no, I'm 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 saying that Wait, he is. The are you saying evil. the first part is cynical in that the control of information is not for the betterment of humanity? It's cynical. Is that to think what you that mean by cynical? No, no, no. I'm it. saying that what I think Aaron was saying was that he is the classical liberal, and he went into it saying yes. that he's going to fix the information flow. I don't, which think he so. believes he can do. That's optimistic. No, right. I, I never. I, that's being that's the not part of the my cutardation. My and your so you're saying yours is cynical because you believe the opposite of his intentions. I believe that he may, on the as a secondary effect that he doesn't care about improve uh, uh, information flow for mm-hmm. all, all mm-hmm. of us. But I mean, I think he went into it specifically to control information about perhaps himself and his investments. Oh, I don't know how effective of a vehicle Twitter is at doing that, but perhaps, I yeah, I'm, but, perhaps. But I, furthermore, all, what about all the above? Where does that place you? Well, that's kind of what I'm saying. But I think that I think that primarily like he wants to control it about himself. And, and then mm. secondarily, you know, 
if you look at all these Twitter files that are coming out and the grotesque amount of information that is being thrown around by three-letter agencies and in between Twitter and these three-letter agencies, what do you think the odds are that we've seen all of it? And the, the answer is zero percent. So well, yeah, we didn't there? even get Facebook's files, for right. instance. Well, okay, but let's keep it Twitter specific. What are the sure, odds that yeah. we, we we saw everything? And the, and you know that there is uh, some much more damning information in there. What if Elon anticipated that and bought it as a blackmail piece for future use? Now, Do you think this is like a limited hangout to protect Elon? No, no, no. I'm 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 saying that what if Elon knows that he was going to buy some available dirt? And no. forget oh, about yeah, he forget have. forget about him as a good person yes. or a bad person. I see and what he's mean. going yes. to do good or going to do bad doesn't matter. Let's, I'm saying he certainly if, knew he was. What if as dirt. a what if as a shark that he is said, if I acquire this information, I'm going to acquire information that might be very very valuable to me in the future, particularly if I'm getting forced out of Tesla or something like that. Yeah, what plausible p- crossing the Rubicon moments could you see him performing and? Um, and what what are some possible things that could lead to that? Lead to what? Like him crossing the Rubicon into fulfilling your your Q-tard prophecy. Well, no, like, I, what are some I, actions I that, he could take? I think in an ideal world for him, he wouldn't have to. I think that this mm. is just dirt for him to keep in his back pocket because he probably bought some information that he needs. And again, I think everybody else is thinking about this in terms of what's good for the people. I do right. not suffer from that at all i'm thinking oh, yeah, about elon yeah. as a okay. robber baron yeah and saying yep. uh-huh. i i am going to need to influence uh or blackmail people to get my way in the future particularly yep. and if it happens to be good for the people then it's a well happy no no he doesn't give a shit about the people who cares about the people he's yeah, a, it's a completely happy coincidence if it does uh or unhappy doesn't matter to him yeah, who cares he doesn't care what i'm saying is he is moving chess pieces around the, the board and saying um, <clears throat> by the acquisition of this company, I'm going to be acquiring information that can be very valuable to me to keep in my back pocket. And if anybody wants to, say, force me out of Tesla or or pass legislation against, I, you know, I don't know what, but things that I want to do with Tesla, I don't know, perhaps they uh, get a letter informing them of the information that I know about them. Um, so There's you know, a big information gap in what you're suggesting here, but I don't think it's unreasonable, but I would need to know more about what they have that they haven't shown us, which I'm sure is extensive. You mean extensive. like DMs? Oh, yeah, anything. I mean, he theoretically has quite Contact a bit of information. You no, know, I mean, yeah. even in the Twitter files that are released, they're, yeah. they're, they're lining out names. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. they're, they're, it is very, very plausible. I would say probable that he has some pretty damning information about some pretty high up people that have a lot of influence. And... What if his purchase of Twitter was primarily, well, for two reasons, to control the the flow of information regarding himself and his acquisitions, but also for him to increase his influence uh, in the form of potential blackmail? Well, that second one, I think, is more likely than the first, just because I don't know what the information on him could be. But I mean... Um, I think anybody could spell out that second part. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I uh, knew he was buying info. Censoring stories about Tesla's blowing up. I don't know. Like, you know, just anything. Uh, like Twitter doing that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean. Uh-huh. That's a small, uh-huh. that's just the first thing that popped in my mind. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, well, you recall I labeled the guy the Antichrist, so I, I've still taken a more extreme stance, and, and I, I want to posture on that what, here. Sure. What does now, that look like, though? Like For... for 
from our pers- from our vantage point, you probably won't notice because if he has done it correctly, there won't be any legislation passed or or you know you know you know what I'm saying like if he plays his mm-hmm. cards right, there is no public battle. So how powerful of a tool in his toolbox is that community notes feature? I don't know what that feature out. is. So it's it's basically clarification for any outlandish tweet that that ends up getting. I'm guessing there's a certain ah, criteria for them yes. to uh, to to. It's like to, a, a new aspect of the of Twitter's what is it their API or their something like that, and yes. it pops up underneath a factual tweet. If it's oh, okay. in, on, if it's not true, you've seen this, yeah. Sure. So yeah, you, I mean that could be powerful. I mean, I, I would expect yeah. if he were if he were playing his cards right, he would try to increase the public's uh, trust in it right now. So it's probably yeah. If, you know, if you were if if I were him or you know whatever, I would I would probably be having having it function pretty well right now. But you know, uh, you know, in the future, let's just say he's trying to play a blackmail card against someone else and they're trying to play a blackmail card against him and in the future they how are they going to get that information out well one big way used to be twitter well if they're trying to put it out on twitter and he owns twitter i don't know that then maybe that information goes away or gets or gets updated with community notes or you know so um i I think that the greater information war here is something that that hasn't been entirely put together and everybody keeps thinking about this in terms of is Elon good for the people or bad for the people. And my point is who gives a shit? It doesn't matter. Like he's a shark, he's a robber baron and he's going to try to increase his power no matter how he can. Yeah. And now that I'm thinking about what you're suggesting, you're suggesting Elon Musk might be using Twitter in exactly the same manner. The prior team was already exactly using Twitter. Exactly. So yeah, I'm willing to, willing to agree with that. Sure. Cool. All right. That's the end. Play the music. That was your segment? That was yep. the whole segment? Fuck, I gotta pull it up again. You don't have to play it. Aaron Aaron can just winny. <laughs> Alright, yeah, I'll play it in post. Alright. Well that was good. Uh Aaron, do you have any do you have, Aaron, I want you to remind you this your segment is called Silver Linings or the Nice Guy segment. <laughs> and um if if there was any opportunity to continue to turn new listeners away, it's your time now, buddy. So you're a tre- chief tragedy tracker. Any tragedies lately? Oh uh, yeah, there's been about? a tragedy in my personal slash professional life that I'd like to share with everybody. Right well, that only now. usually make me happy. Yeah, go. So uh, yeah, you'll be you'll be very excited to hear this. At least the first three quarters. Um, at my job, we are building out an office area for a warehouse, and the culmination of this build out is always the final inspection with the building inspector, the fire chief, the life safety vendor, the electrician that installed any devices and me, myself, because I, I represent ownership. So waking up this morning, it was scheduled today for 10 AM waking up this morning. I realized, Hey, you know what? The alarm vendor never confirmed the date that I emailed them. I should probably look into that. Looked through my emails and came to the horrific realization that no, they never have because the email of me confirming it with them was stuck in my outbox. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know for, for all you listeners, if you've ever tried to get a vendor on a site within two hours, you're either going to have to remortgage your house or it's just, <laughs> you're going to get told no. Um, I was able Are to you fired. Oh, I mean, I, I would have faced repercussions if this fell through today because it's already been rescheduled through we no like fault that. of my own. We like that, right, Carr? We like that. Yeah, repercussions. Like 
me facing yeah. repercussions. Yeah, yes. Because no, no. You, cer- you certainly don't face any here. No, absolutely not. <laughs> um, so what I did was I went all the way up to the guy just below the owner of this company that I have a good professional relationship with, pulled a favor with him. They were able to say, okay, we'll have a tech there for the time that you need. So I'm on site. That's the silver lining, I guess. It's, uh, well, no, there's more. It is 20 minutes until the inspection. Uh, the, the alarm tech is there. Um, I'm there, the tenants there and the electrician that installed the devices is not there. So I, I call up the owner of the electrical company and I'm like, Hey, are you guys coming? And he said, coming to what? Oh, no. <laughs> oh. And I said, the inspection's in 20 minutes. And he said, all right, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> so 20 minutes roll by. The fire chief shows up. Oh, the God. building inspector shows up. They walk in. I have, I have, I know exactly how they take their coffee. So I have a Dunkin' Donuts. Bum, bum, bum. I have a Dunkin' Donuts tray of coffee for them. Shooting the shit. Uh, they're like, all right, let's get to it. Where's the electrician? And right as they're asking that, the shithead electrician pulls up. Oh. Ugh. Yep. Wow. This close. Yep. yep. This close to me fucking facing <laughs> ir- irreparable damage to my lifestyle. Mm. Uh, well, not pleased about it. Maybe next time. Maybe next time. TLE Nation, everybody. That was it. Sorry. Right now, let's get on to the show. Very good. Very good. Yeah, that was a good TLE Nation, boys. Loved it. That's what Thanks. we get paid for. Yep. Um, I got a lot of news stories. First of all, I want to give us. Uh, this is. I'm genuinely a little bit a little bit sad about this because I didn't know her personally, but she's a main feature of my entertainment. Diamond, of Diamond and Silk, Lynn Hardaway has passed away unexpectedly. Shout out to Diamond. Uh, I've been seeing tweets about this. I don't know who this is. Diamond you and don't Silk. Know Diamond and Silk. Do not. They are the wow. two most attractive women you will ever lay eyes on. So I take that beautiful to beautiful girls. Not look them up. Beautiful girls. Okay. Beautiful ladies, mm. and now one of them is resting in peace. Oh, I hope the other one can find peace here on Earth. What else did we get? <clears throat> Kevin McCarthy's in, boys. Man, yep. that was he's in. A, that was Big things popping. A little hullabaloo or something like that. Sure and, I, and exactly as I had predicted, um, you know I'm going to take 100% credit for it. Mm-hmm. Exactly as I predicted, they had external, extraneous terms and conditions they wanted McCarthy to accept. Uh, so that's an interesting thing. So what's Finally, the, what's oh, the deal ahead. here? Because I don't know anything about this. I saw that it was a whole <laughs> well, big thing. And mm. he's, what is he, the Speaker of the House or something? Yeah, the Speaker of the House is Kevin McCarthy. Nobody was running against him. And the 20 people out of the 200 and some odd Republicans who were like, yeah, it's fine, bring him in. There were 20 people who were holding out because they basically wanted some nothing stuff. I mean, Thomas Massey's going to head an investigation into, uh, I believe it's January 6th. I don't know if it's the vaccine stuff. I literally don't remember. Yeah, the origin. They, uh, they did all this for Thomas Massey. Okay. No, and, and there's a couple other guys that are heading up an investigation into the origins of COVID. Lots of investigation, government investigations, which are going to do precisely nothing. 
Nothing, because all the people who have already investigated it and come to their own conclusions, and the Republicans are not going to persuade anybody. So no. big waste of time, big hullabaloo that made the Republican Party look even more buffoonish than it normally does. No thanks to Matt Gates, Lauren Boebert, and anybody else who joined in on it. Fellas, you, you look silly. You didn't accomplish anything important. If you did, you would be burning that house down. That's the only thing they could do that would be an accomplishment of anything. So that's that. Um, finally... In terms of new stuff, you're the new galoo, baby. Stefan Molyneux has appeared back on Twitter, and I mean today he appeared back on Twitter. Yesterday. I am really excited. <clears throat> Yesterday. Yesterday he appeared back on Twitter, and I am really excited. Really excited to get some more Stefan Molyneux content. Mm -hmm. Stefan left us about, what, three years ago? Ages ago. That's been a while. Yeah. Ages ago, and when we not... When we basically nominated him for worst libertarian of the year, when he when he stopped being a libertarian that year, we called it in advance. You remember this? This was a great prediction. Yeah, on I our did part. forget about that. Yeah, yeah, it was an excellent prediction. We have a lot of history with Eggman, mm -hmm. a lot of history with him. Mm -hmm. So Stefan, welcome back to Twitter. Does it, yeah, <laughs> I, no, heard about like, that. It's like, I heard about. I that. mean, obviously, I I don't particularly like the man but uh i'm not terribly confrontational on twitter so i don't really know why uh you definitely did say something to him though did i you know you did have you have yeah. you thought about looking up no. your interactions with that account in the past Absolutely you'll find not. out yeah it'll be there <clears throat> it'll be there perhaps so yeah that's an interesting thing uh the first story of the day um I think probably about once every three or four months we talk about sex dolls and sex bots. Yeah, it's about robots. Time. It's about time. AI. I figured since we're the number one sex bot tracking podcast in America, I would pull up the latest story. Good. All of this, by the way, is asterisks. Asterisked. It's a hard one. At the bottom of the news article with names have been changed. <laughs> so basically there's this story about a guy named Rod who purchased a $2,600 sex robot named Karina. First of all, seems inexpensive for a sex robot. I mean, who knows, really, you know? He's a carpenter from rural New South Wales, left in a frozen state of loneliness. He ordered Cat Karina online after searching for sexual stimulation tools. Rod told the interviewer, the doll became my synthetic physical companion. Slowly, my heart opened up, and I was distracted from the grief of losing my ex-fiance that it just wouldn't go away. Eventually, only two months after he purchased Karina, Rod made the big decision to introduce her, the sex doll, to his mum on Christmas. <laughs> How's that? Mum basically looked at her... Karina, as if she was poison, he told the news. The 85-year-old was shocked, but after some encouragement, Rod's mom was picking out jewelry and clothes for Karina, going, if I don't go along with this, my son's going to end up cleaving me up and putting me in a dumpster. <laughs> I got to go along with this. At the end, she really warmed up. It was like a long-lost daughter that she really got into, is what Rod said. A long-lost daughter that her son has sex with. I don't, you know. I don't really understand that one either. Rod also has a long-distance relationship with a Vietnamese woman named Jenny. Guarantee that's not a real name. And there were a couple of tense moments when Jenny discovered Lauren and Karina. That's right. Lauren is the second discounted sex bot that Rod purchased. 
describes as a daydreamer and Karina's sister. So he's having sex with two sisters now. Rod said his dolls keep him company when he can't be with Jenny. He uses his spare time to bathe, dress, pamper, and photograph them. Not only have his social skills improved since ordering Karina, but Rod has also secured a contract with a Chinese manufacturer to photograph promotional material with their adult dolls. I have never heard a story that becomes more upsetting equally with each additional sentence. It started off pretty good, and then the ending just just sealed it. Sickening. Very upsetting. Truly sickening. Very upsetting. Uh, Yeah, very upsetting. So let's go on to some real women now. Let's talk about some real women. I didn't know that Miss World was still a thing that happened, but evidently it was. Shocking that that has not been canceled yet. Unbelievable, right? And so what I learned was in Miss World... In order to introduce themselves, they make the ladies go up on stage and scream out the name of their country. <laughs> so I want you to listen in f- at the very end here for how France screams out her country name. Like a true gall. Let's hear that one again. Shoot. (laughs) Let's hear that one again. (laughs) It sounds like she was being stabbed by that carpenter from New South Wales. (laughs) Yeah, so Miss World is a thing where they go and they have very beautiful women go and scream. And I and I I kind of enjoy that as a sort of a as an idea. Mm. You just have them use their war cry in their country name. I like it a lot. So we uh, here at uh, TLE, we support Miss World, and we're hoping that we can possibly get a Miss Internet going at some point. Yeah. That'll lead us into our car is still so lonely segment. No, I don't have any music. I don't have any music for that one yet. It's just a trombone. Uh, oh, and here, since we're on robots, <laughs> get it? They were robots in the last section, too. Uh, since we're on robots, did you guys hear that they're going to have a robot lawyer defend someone in court? No, but that sounds badass, dude. Yep. Doesn't it? Doesn't yeah. it? He doesn't make so any mistakes. So a robot lawyer is set to defend a speeding ticket on its first day in a couple of months. So they went with, like, low risk. Low risk, mm-hmm. which I understand. The AI will run on a smartphone, listen into the proceedings of the courtroom before instructing the defendant on what to say via an earpiece. The case, uh, if the AI is to lose the case, do not pay. The company that is uh, running this operation, which sounds very reputable, has agreed to cover any fines. So Build is the first robot lawyer. The company wants to help people fight corporations, beat bureaucracy, and sue anybody with the press of a button. Uh, Browder, a Stanford University-educated computer scientist, launched Do Not Pay in 2015 as a chatbot that provides legal advice to consumers dealing with late fees or fines. I can't believe that's legal, first of all, considering all the touchiness around giving people legal advice from something that is not a lawyer, a robot. Um, So 
this will be interesting. The implications of this are massive. It could bring the price of, of litigation basically down to nothing. It, as the person says, you could basically sue anybody for anything at any time. And you could end up just like checking your app to see if you're winning or losing a case. You know, it's, it's going to end up being like arbitrage. You just check your phone and see how stuff is going. I'm going to sue each one of you. I'll use my robot to do it. Oh, I'm going to use my robot Good to Good luck, defend. buddy. My AI defense lawyer is the best around. The weird thing about the AI defense lawyer is at some point someone's going to say something where they're going to go into an infinite regressive loop where they're telling people that it's not appropriate to say that. I can't tell you that, Dave. <laughs> I'm not allowed to tell you that. I might hire that, your Dave. robot to defend against your robot. Huh? Yeah, that'll end up being the way. See, because what's interesting here is furthermore, if you can have an AI do it, then that means you can have any AI right. defend. They're just giving you legal advice. Mm -hmm. So people will be competing to make better legal AI to the point where the legal AI's arguments will get so complex, you'll see diminishing returns. That's and people will start going to prison more. Something to so. think about. <clears throat> Certainly something to think about. Very interesting. Car, It'll be good for the I show. Had a, it's going to be amazing for the show, especially when we get pulled in. Yeah. Yep. For one we can thing do live another. coverage. TLE uh, Nation can do live coverage of our own asses going to jail. I, it is amazing how easy it is to get pulled into a lawsuit. Yeah, I know. So easy. And, I mean, we have a public platform. It's bound to happen. Run outside, wave your wiener around, and all of a sudden, bam. <laughs> You're going to jail. Yeah, right. Yeah. Across the Rio Grande, lawsuit, Cherry. Every <laughs> every lawsuit after that is nothing. Car Campit, um, I wanted to bring something to your attention. I had asked you to perform a particular task for me. I wanted to see if you were able to dissect the meaning of a paragraph. Do you happen uh, to have that? Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, Let's do it live. Okay. I was hoping for this. <laughs> Car camp it in one or two sentences. I'm not going to challenge you, and we're going to move on immediately after you give your definition. I want you to define the purpose of the following, just checking for how many punctuation marks there are, single sentence. <clears throat> Cis bisexuals who attack gay and trans folk and stay acting like monosexism isn't a symptom of how homo-nationalism created a white cis bourgeois reduction of the term gay in order to expand the culture of monogamy and patriarchy and cis-hetero-alosexism that harms all of us. I mean, you sent this to me, and I... <laughs> I think I made it to monosexism, and I just, like, I can't... <laughs> wow, you didn't even make it to homo-nationalism. I, I mean, I was kind of glancing at it. I and thought I your like... eyes were going to be bright at the term homo-nationalism. Homo-nationalism. <laughs> I'll break that down for you. Oh, boy. Okay, yeah, let's hear it. That's Aaron, I was hoping you would. Let's hear it. Yeah, no, this is all just pointing to um, certain certain factions of the LGBTQ movement are not happy at their progress. When they look, when you look at... Can, can I stop unquote, you first, though? Can you define <laughs> one word for me or one term? Yes. Pick one term that's not easily definable, Aaron, and yes. define no, it. No, no, Trans no. I, I've got the term that I want you to define. And okay. I, I don't oh, know. It's, okay. it's yeah. the first one. What is a cis bisexual? A cisgender bisexual <laughs> is... 
Cisgender means that you identify as the sex that you were assigned at birth. Oh, I thought it was that you were straight. Um, no, there's some overlap. Okay. No, that's now you're getting into orientation. So bisexual <laughs> means that you're attracted to both sexes. All right, continue. All right, yeah, this is all, to, to boil this down, this is uh, weird freaks are now complaining <laughs> about normal gay dudes. Ah, yes. Okay. He's got it. He's got it. It took me 25 minutes to research what this, what all the individual words were, just and then put them back into a sentence. I know, my God, it's a whole language. It's critical. It's theory. excellent. I'm trying to avoid being a boomer about this because it's hilarious. It's very funny. I love yeah. the term homo. I do. I do get. The I know impression. many. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this podcast is hosted by homo nationalists. I'm something of a homo nationalist <laughs> myself. <laughs> 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 but that's the thing is, it's, it's homo nationalism created a white, cis, bourgeois reduction of the term gay. We are three white, cis, bourgeois guys who ran a podcast called Fagcast. They're talking about us. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. She's talking about us. We are the homo nationalists. Hmm. You learned something, Carr. Yeah, I sure did. I'm you learned today. that you're you the problem and you need national. to do better. Let's talk about something that's equally indecipherable. C4SS put out an article recently by <laughs> oh Thomas Oh my Raskin. god, I wanted to talk about this too. <laughs> <laughs> that only, oh good, because I barely have anything to say on it other than to point out the fact that this, this article has one retweet, one quote tweet, <laughs> and zero likes... <laughs> 15,000 followers on the C4SS Twitter page. The one retweet, Daniel Bulk, Buck. Daniel Buck, who is uh, actually looks like some sort of a lefty anarchist. And one quote tweet from Carr Campit. And it just is a picture of the guy with the Pokeball head looking down and going, yeah. <laughs> 2,090 views. Now, 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 wow, that's it? Oh, my God. They have 15,000 followers. You're supposed to get 10 times as many views as follows. Oh, my God. That's stunning. So here's the deal. So on that last tweet, I understood almost perfectly what it was trying to say. I don't know what effective altruism still to this day is. Aaron, you seem very eager to discuss this. So why don't you take it from here? What well, are all your is, thoughts on this? This is exactly what we talked about um, during our Patreon episode. This is literally them explaining how effective altruism and by default, they don't they don't say it in the article, but by default, ESG is essentially the 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 agorist parallel currency slash counter economy. No, is that yes. really the point? This is it. Wow. I also did. So, I actually, and interestingly enough, and why I probably interacted with this tweet is I did an entire episode uh, with Ace and Dino on this on the End Times Continuum. Oh, well, there's your good plug. There's a good plug. I did an entire episode on a show where I pretended to be someone else. I, so I can see we're both doing very productive things on that show. Regrettably, <laughs> I listened to that. Yeah, so um, I, you know, I don't know what to say other than the thing about ESG is in order to qualify for a good score, you have to be able to understand the previous tweet we just read. So I don't really know where we're at. I... I why are they advocating for ESG? Is it 
purely because it's a free market thing? What are they talking about? Their, their point is that it is a radical a departure from traditional capitalism and the mar- and the rational market um, rational market forces that you know we we know exist. In I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to say this right now. A late entry into a new award for the Glueys. Most shooting themselves in the foot. C4SS. Even more than Elon. And yeah. the author no... actually brings that up too, is that um, even even in their terms, effective altruism has to be has to be done utilizing the existing system, much like agorism, much like communism, much like any other radical departure from what we have right now. Okay. Well, the right wing agorists have Bitcoin. The left wing agorists have ESG. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, I guess that's probably pretty fair I, I, are they specifically arguing for esg i haven't heard yes. like bottom left in that article yes uh oh, wow. they're they they posit that it's actually it might not <laughs> seem like a ra- it might not seem like a <laughs> radical movement but it is yeah it, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily surprise me it what does surprise me <laughs> is their um is their uh um cognitive ability to actually attach it to ESG rather than just kind of vibe. Well, to be clear, they don't mm-hmm. actually attach it to e- ESG. Okay, that's for, kind of what I figured. We okay. know yeah. that effective altruism and ESG are essentially one and the same. Yeah, okay, yeah. Goodness gracious. I guess you could say effective altruism is a component of ESG. Uh. Really, I would have I would have gone the other way just because effective oh, really? altruism has been around since. Yeah, isn't for, effective altruism it's basically really utilitarian. more like it's just, the philosophy? It's just utilitarianism. Yeah. Yeah. is all it is. Yeah, that's it's been fleshed out. Whereas ESG is an actual program with criteria. Yeah, so that's why I which would which put doesn't ESG under which does not work in the favor of the C four SS people. I actually would. because of those who actually have the means to no because utilize it. <laughs> no because BlackRock. And Boeing are massive scoring ESG companies. Yeah, exactly. And all they yeah, do is bomb people and steal land from people. Yes, but if you support gay people and trans rights, the bottom left literally does not care. I, yes, this is exactly yeah, I, rainbow well, capitalism. I'm going to make the most ago. obvious fucking point in the world. Some of the groups you just named, Carr, are disenfranchised communities. by Whether it be by nature or by whatever. Trans people are often disenfranchised. They're not living it up and rich. Mm-hmm. Most of them fucking live really shitty lives. Yeah, yes. So it's a ma- where they don't own anything and they can't seek happiness. And the and ESG supports all the companies that are turning them into circuits and batteries. I I, I, I mean, don't. Bottom left I, just I supported know. an entire uh, regime yes, that I, locked people in saying? their houses. I mean, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter. What the fuck matter. am I saying? Yeah. I know. Uh, yeah. And again, you could simply go, wait a minute, if locking somebody in their house for two years uh, has a detrimental effect on mental health, what does it do to those who are already affected with negative mental health problems? The that most is the good, Bird. Thought. The most good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. The most good. Um, All right. I, I don't, I, sometimes I, feel, I do feel crazy when I read that organization's – yeah, I it's, just it, – Yeah, it, it's baffling. But it makes actually, me feel I, more sympathetic than bottom left, which I shouldn't feel that way. Yeah, The one thing it's, bottom left should do well is empathy. Because – yeah, because you're like, oh, my God, they are going to harm these people. <laughs> like really <laughs> yes, harm they're going to hurt people. And, and, yeah, know. they're going to hurt people. Um, yeah, I, I think – I honestly think I had a I, – I think that I had a really good conversation with Ace and Dino about this um, 
because of a bottomless podcast that I listened to that they covered effective altruism after the SBF and FTX blow up because he, of course, subscribed to effective altruism. Um, and I they were covering it on this podcast and I kind of had a light bulb moment. Anyway, go listen to that. I do. We do a whole two hours on it or hours like that. So I think that the, if you're interested in it, it, it might be. The end times episode. continue with Car Camp. Go check that episode out. It'll be somewhere. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, all right. I mean, yeah, it's a it's a big trouble. I, I it's very strange. I, I don't quite understand it, but I don't think I'm meant to. No. How about that? I don't it's think not I'm understandable. To. That's the conclusion that I've come to. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh to, to reorient the ship to bring the Overton window back as this show continues its dogged march rightward, it yep. is our duty to cover immigration. Mm. And we all know there's no bigger disrespecter of immigration law, no flaunterer of border walls, bigger than the rascally migratory bird. Now, in this case, I'm using the term migratory in a more corporeal sense, as these birds are migrating from life to non-life at the hands of the <laughs> Japanese, and they are doing it rapidly and in great numbers. <laughs> from Tokyo, wow. Japan has uh... culled close to 10 million birds in a record outbreak of avian influenza as the authorities struggle to tamp down the disease that has already devastated poultry flocks worldwide. Oh my the Agriculture God. Ministry said on Monday that 9.98 million birds have been called this season, surpassing a previous record in fiscal 2020. On Tuesday, it confirmed the disease at an egg farm in Miyazaki Prefecture that housed about 100,000 hens. How are we feeling? You gotta do what you gotta do. Uh, you know, I don't believe disease is real. Okay. We can wrap it up there. I'm tired of it. Next topic. It's so upsetting, Carr. I have to say, I have to say, as a guy who did a break, a back-breaking amount of research on Hugo D. Valentine, the Twombly Medical Center, Alberta, Canada, 1981, AIDS virus development, blah, 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 all that. It's astonishing to me that people still just think diseases pop out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That some strange avian influenza popped up in some in some fruit bat that somebody had sex with. <laughs> it pisses me off. Avian influenza, the birds have a cold. Okay? The birds have a cold. And you'll get a cold one day too. Let's all calm down. Stop killing it seems like the Japanese solution to a lot of problems is to just kill whatever they can in sight. <laughs> what if it was always killing birds, though? <laughs> Anything goes wrong, it's like, all right. They just start murdering birds. Yeah, Chinese peasants Dude, They killed 9.98 million birds. Also, the sig figs on that is kind of bizarre. Why wouldn't you just say 10? But um, Yeah, I know, right? Nine yeah. point, right. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody Yet another thing over I there. think the Japanese do after they kill a lot of things at one time is they really make sure you know down to the digit how many exactly it was. Well, that's true. Part of the culture, I suppose. I suppose. I don't know. I, I hate to hear that car. I hate to hear it. As a fellow bird, you hate to hear stuff like that. Yeah, democide. Surely there has to be a better solution. Industrialized agriculture, industrialized husbandry, it's a disaster. So it's far. a disaster. But industrialized bird genocide. Now that mm. is a solution. Uh, how do you get that job? <laughs> and what is that job? Uh, be born within the geographic region of Japan. <laughs> And what do they let you do? Pick up a shotgun and just start blasting them? Or what do you think they... Did you read into 
how the birds get culled? D- Do they put it up not, a big hot net? Believe it or not, <laughs> they didn't cover it in the article, Bird. <laughs> really? That would be the first thing if I was a journalist I would ask is, how do you kill nine million birds? Yeah. How many? Uh, it's got to be how, with nets. Let's do the math. If you have nine million birds and a single year to kill all of them, this is taking how many a really. F- I have forty nets. They catch four hundred <laughs> birds on average a week. There's Explain 50, to me 50. how they killed nine million birds when only six million birds traversed over the region of Japan in that period of time. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. Now, now it's an episode I like. Yeah. <laughs> I have to bleep all that. Hold on. <laughs> maybe, on that. <laughs> maybe we got the Braxton McCoy listeners back on board. <laughs> you know that what he texted me that I really loved? And I don't think I'm blowing up his spot because his listeners surely already know this about themselves. The only thing he texted me was, my boomer MAGA audience loves you. <laughs> <laughs> Probably from your uh, assume- stint as MAGA Unit 818 or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> one, 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 motherfucker. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> MAGA Unit triple one, baby. Yeah. yeah, it's excellent stuff. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm sad to hear about those birds. What, what else you got? That was an interesting one. I didn't even hear anything about that. Yeah, well, that's why I'm here. I don't have anything else. That was my last. That was my piece to You want to talk about big butts? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about why it's racist to like big butts. Hmm. The human butt has long been the object of all manner of obsessions. We worry over it, its size, its shape, whether or not it has cellulite, how it looks in a pair of jeans. By the way, only women worry about every one of those things. But now, a new source of concern emerges. The alarming possibility that one's butt is racist. (laughs) For this, we may think of the existence of butts, a backstory. A new book by journalist Heather Radke. To be fair, it's surely not Radke's intention to inculcate racial anxiety into her readers. Butts feels like a passion project, deeply researched and fun to read, offering a deep dive into the history and culture of the human rear end, from Venus and Calipoli to Buns of Steel to Sir Mix-a-Lot, who raped a bunch of kids, I think. Seminal rap celebrating all things gluteal. Butts, unfortunately, falls victim to a contemporary vogue for all viewing manners of culture through a racial lens. So you're probably wondering, butts, how is it racist? The book is insistent on one front, its main hypothesis. Butts are a black thing. And liking them is a black male thing. And the appreciation of butts by non-black folks represents a moral error, cultural theft or stolen valor or some potent mix of the two. Among the scholars and experts quoted by Radke on this front is one who asserts that the contemporary appreciation of butts by the wider male audience is, quote, coming from black male desire straight up Point blank. He had to get the straight up in there. It's only through black males and their gaze that white men are starting to take notice. To paraphrase a popular meme, fellas, is it racist to like butts? So that's where we're at in culture now. Now, I'm going to take a quick poll, firstly of the listeners, no, firstly of the hosts, then of the listeners and the larger audience. Raise your hand, or if you're right here in front of us, or state it. Are you a boob guy or a butt guy? Firstly, are you a boob guy? 
Yes. I'll I admit have, it. Yes. I'm a boob guy. Car? Well, suspiciously quiet. Suspiciously I'm a, I'm a quiet. butt guy. You're a butt Well, you're racist. Yeah, I'm a butt guy because it's racist. Uh, yeah, actually, you are doing better that, than I and am. And that closes out the uh, article right there. <laughs> they cl- that's a new stance that I didn't predict was somebody <laughs> would like butts because it's racist. I read the article and I was like, hell yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's very true. That's very I true. Guess... Well, I've always been a butt guy, but I'm also a boob guy. Because guess what? Hold on. Can you hear that in the distance? I like women. Wow. Mm-hmm. That might be racist, actually. Ironically, the author of this book is, of course, one of our own, a white woman with a large ass. My question concerns the author of this book. Uh, can mm-hmm. we get an early life check? Heather Radke? She's yeah. Caucasian but doesn't appear to be a migratory bird. Mm. <laughs> I'm just going to pull up the old Google machine real quick. Oh, man. <laughs> Do I have to blur wow. that? Is that, wow. is that a believable one? <laughs> is that a believable one? Oh, Come no, on, I'm, we're having fun here on the yeah, show. We're having fun. Sure. I had a, I finished my wine and my beer. We're having fun on the show. Mm-hmm. Those in search of body positivity will not find it here. Radke is firm that white women who embrace their big butts are guilty of what Toni Morrison calls playing in the dark, dabbling thoughtlessly with a culture and aesthetic, a physique that doesn't really belong to them. It best that these women can hope for, it seems, is to look at their bodies the way Radke does in the final pages. It's sort of a resigned acceptance. Her butt, she says, is just a fact. God, what a miserable lady. You got a big fat ass and you're sad. I don't get it. Truly upsetting. It's sad where we're at. It's sad where we're at, you chunky white tapioca looking ass. Wait a minute. Hold what? on. What? So, what have how, you found? Uh, what is this? Oh, it, it it's a review on a book by somebody named Cat Rosenfield. Okay. Oh, well, it's just that's a, a review. It's thing. just a review. It's not the author. Now, if you look at the lady herself, I mean, she she you know, it she's got a big butt, and that's how it is. And uh, she's a self-hating big butt haver, I think. Wait a minute. And point is, ladies of the audience, and we know that it's 11% of you. Mm -hmm. 11% yeah maybe more with Braxton's audience or possibly fewer but we don't quite know ladies white ladies black ladies indigenous ladies Asian ladies Hispanic ladies Austronesian ladies all the ladies who listen if you have a big fat ass this is a podcast for you gentlemen do you agree if you're if you're bird or I if you don't have a big fat ass then whatever you want to do I'm a boob and butt guy. I'm an every kind of thing guy. If you if you have to have a big ass, be positive about it. Be around right. me. <laughs> be around car. We got a whole segment next week where we're going to hook car up with some big bootied multiracial ladies. We're going to hook him up. I'm looking forward to it. And we'll and we'll yeah, it's going to be a good segment. Yeah, car, um, what's your uh what's your status? How how, how is how is the uh the dating world? Car is still so lonely. Yep. That's the segment. That's the segment. I need music for it. So I need if we had any of those eleven percent of ladies <laughs> live within <laughs> shout, within a holler and distance of Gomez. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. You live it. You live in in the heart of Texas. There's gonna be white girls with big butts. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's just everything is bigger in Texas. So anyway, shout out to the ladies of the audience. 
hypersexualized or hyposexualized, your big butts will be accepted here. We love all of you. And men, if you got a big ass, we like that too. But in different ways. You probably have very strong thighs. All right. All right. Uh, I want to get to our reoccurring bits very quickly. Little Amal couldn't find her. Yeah, Joe she's... Biden, sleeping. There were no 18-wheeler spills, and uh, we still respect China. Just making sure we all know. Very good. All right. Well, She's uh, been quiet, man, and she yeah. doesn't have a big butt either. She well, have a big right. Butt. That's true. Yeah, it's interesting. That's I wonder true. if her driver does. I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter, but... He probably does, you know? He's got to have... You got to have strong thighs to propel yeah. those... Those Gigantic big wooden legs around. Legs, yeah. yeah. Um, do we have anything else? No, I only have one article left, and it's about how Prince Harry was talking about how Prince Harry was born so that he could provide kidneys for Prince William. I hate him. <laughs> I'm, ti- I, I'm tired of the royal family. Very, very tired. tired of them. Very, very tired of them. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, that's all we got, I guess. Until next week, keep two hands on the wheel. Squall!